0: Here with you on this amazing Sunday. And, uh, and Nick started to mention a little bit earlier about our rolling prayer. That rolling prayer came out of a, out of a, a moment that we had in an elders' meeting, an elders' prayer meeting. And uh, we just noticed that actually there were three or four people that had done devotions on prayer in the last seven to 10 days. And uh, obviously, those devotions are not scripted, people do what they feel to do. But, and they had kind of just, there'd been this lead up of prayer. And I, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this many times before now, but, um, but really I think one of the things that God is doing through this COVID time is restoring the, the church's prayer muscle back to the church. And I'm not just talking about personal prayer, I'm talking about corporate prayer. And uh, this morning what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at the, the power and the priority of corporate prayer. Not just our personal prayer and our devotions and our walk with God, I'm talking about the corporateness of our coming together in prayer. And, um, and so out of that moment, we said, well, why don't we, why don't we get people into the building with prayer meetings? And so that's where our rolling prayer meeting is coming up next week. We're going to have five, five lots of an, uh, hour-long prayer meetings with 50 people, different 50 people in each of them. And we are saying, actually, as we come back together, we want to prioritize prayer as one of the key, key moments that God or muscle that, muscles that God is teaching and developing us as, as a church. So, corporate prayer. So, I, I don't have to convince you that prayer is, uh, hopefully I don't have to convince you that prayer is important. And we know that prayer is important. However, when we read the scriptures, we so often read the scriptures with an individualistic mindset. And um, I'm going to take you through some of the book of Acts. And so, this has been stirring in my heart as I've looked at the book of Acts. And we've seen all of the major encounters that happen are in corporate prayer meetings. And uh, I want to take us through some of those just to, just to lay a, a biblical foundation for what I'm going to say. And then I want to get into some practical things around looking at, at why I believe prayer is important and why I also believe the, the, the emphasis of a, of a corporate prayer meeting in the global church has lost its emphasis or kind of started to wane a little. And I believe, we believe that this is what God is picking up again for us. And then I want to look at some very practical things. That how corporate prayer is different to personal prayer, and what why, why is it different? So there's kind of three portions or sections of the that I want to go through today. First of all, just to convince you, Romans chapter twelve verse twelve says this: "Be joyful in hope, patient in afflict- affliction, and faithful in prayer." So there's a there's a continual uh, uh, a reminder in the scriptures that actually we've got to be faithful in prayer. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2 says this, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. So we've got to know prayer is a massive component of our life in Christ and our following of Jesus. In fact, I believe what you don't establish by prayer you'll never maintain once it starts going. So we can push something. We can get a movement going. We can do something. If it's not established in prayer, you will never maintain that thing because actually what God maintains in prayer or initiates in prayer, it's like he then sustains and we sustain in prayer, not by effort. And there, there's, such a key, there's such a key correlation to be, between the church's prayer life And the revival that we so long to see. So let's have a look. Let's have a look at some corporate corporate prayer moments in the book of Acts. So book of Acts chapter 1. Let's start in chapter 1. Jesus says to them, go and wait in the upper room. He doesn't tell one of them to go wait in the upper room. There's 120 of them waiting in an upper room for 10 days. Saying, God, Jesus sent us to to go here. I'm not sure what we're waiting for. But we are waiting in prayer. That's the first moment. That leads on to Acts chapter 2. Where They eventually are waiting for ten, for, for 10 days, and the power of God, Pentecost happens. There's a powerful flow of God. There's a sound like a, a, a blowing wind comes through, and what seems like tongues of fire rests on their heads. But friends, the context of that is a corporate prayer meeting. It's, 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 it's the believers together praying. I don't even like the word corporate because it kind of sounds corporate-y. But it's this trying to describe this togetherness prayer, not individualistic kind of prayer. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the power of God moves. Peter preaches the gospel. 3,000 people get saved. And, and it says this. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Friends, that is not you. and your, That prayer that they were devoted to was not you in your home praying by yourself. This was a corporateness. Yeah. Every single one of those things was the corporateness of the church meeting together, the togetherness prayer that they devoted themselves to. And can I just say, I do not want to in any way uh, diminish the importance of a personal prayer life in our following and our walking with Jesus. I don't want to do that at all. What I want to do is I want to ramp up our expectation and our revelation around what it means to be a church that prays corporately. Acts chapter 3. So that's Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 3. Peter and John. You know the guy... At the gate, Beautiful gets uh, healed. The beggar gets Beautiful healed. Guess where they're going? They're on their way to a prayer meeting. Friends, I believe when God starts to move, when we're on our way to the prayer meeting, God's going to start to heal people if we follow the Bible. So these guys are on their way to prayer. They're not going to their private closet prayer, which is important, and the Bible talks about that. They're going to the temple courts to meet God in prayer as a community. Acts chapter 4, we know that well. I preached on it. And they get persecuted, they get threatened, they get told, don't go, don't preach this name of Jesus. Guess what they do? They run straight back into a corporate prayer meeting where they're calling down the heavens and saying, Oh, sovereign God, will you break out? Oh, Lord God, you who laugh at your enemies, won't you continue to just consider their threats? Won't you uh, help us uh, to preach the word of God boldly, anoint us? Come, Lord God. And won't you stretch out your hand to see signs and wonders and the... Building shakes under the presence of God as this Holy Spirit fills the room once again. Friends, the context of that is a corporateness, a together prayer meeting. That's Acts chapter 4. What about Acts chapter 6? It says the number of disciples are growing. And so there's this tension between the between these different kinds of Jews, Hellenistic and Hebraic Jews. 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 Not you, Drew. Jews. And um, we they... And it says there, it says we've got to give ourselves, we, we've got to hand over some of the work of this, this serving in this way so that we can give ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. I've been fascinated about that because often as an elder, I've thought, you know what, actually my job is to be in prayer personally and to be in, and to be in the word. But that's actually not what it says. It says the ministry of the word. So I, I've, I've read that differently this week. I actually think the job of elders is to be separated to the ministry of prayer and to the ministry of the word, but that's in its corporateness to actually put aside time to gather people to pray. I'm not just decrying the fact that we've got to have a time alone. We can't be so serving that we're not finding time with God. But if you look at that, there's a corporateness to it. There's a, to the ministry of the word in the context of this gathering, friends, even that, I believe there's something there that says that even that setting yourself to prayer and ministry of the word is to the corporateness of prayer. I believe you could have an argument of. Acts chapter 12, Peter's in prison. And guess what about the Bible says? The church was earnestly praying and the doors flung open and Peter was released. Acts chapter twelve, friends, we see this right through the book of Acts. Acts chapter thirteen, there's a there's a corporate prayer meeting of them together, and the and the and they as they're praying, it says, and set up. God says to them, set apart for me Paul and Barnabas for the work that I have for them. So the first apostolic journey in the New Testament is in a moment of corporate prayer where there's teaching, there's there's fellowship, there's all these things happening. God sets apart somebody for their call. It all happens in the context of a corporate prayer meeting. Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas are in prison. Listen, granted, it's only the two of them, but they are worshiping in prison. And it says the prison shakes and the doors fling open. It's incredible, friends. It's together. It's together prayer. Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas are now walking, are are coming into Philippi, And they walk into this lady, Lydia. And guess what she and her people are doing? They're in a prayer meeting. They walk into this prayer meeting. They find the prayer meeting. It's like find faith in this place. Let's go to the prayer meeting. They find this place. And actually the church in Philippi gets birth As Lydia, the, this maker of purple cloth, gets engaged in this prayer meeting. And a church gets planted. Friends, I, I, those are just some that I've just quickly gone through in the book of Acts. Around corporate prayer. I want to say to us, friends, we have got a mandate in God as a church. To be praying corporately. If we want to see the city changed. It's not a moment, Lord, and I've, you might have been in prayer meetings like this, where the devil has been bound, and the everything, Lord, from now on, i bind bound the devil in Jesus' name. Friends, the devil's still doing his thing. That's not how we dispossess powers and principalities. Powers and principalities are nature abhors a vacuum. It's not like we get that guy out and, and kind of just leave it. No, no, it's actually as the church begins to pray, there's this weightedness of prayer and presence, and faith, and life that dispossesses and drives out the old to make way for the newness of the kingdom. So why has prayer, and especially corporate prayer, lost its emphasis in the Western church? Well, listen, prayer is hard work. Prayer is hard work on your own. Never mind coming to a context and it's it's busy. We've got to make time to get to. You can kind of find your own time and your quiet time and pray. But man, when you are to now come to a moment where it's put in place and there's a prayer meeting and you've got to get there and it's and it's it, when do you have it beginning of the day end of the day it's just all it's difficult it's it's inconvenient and I think the western church is so convenience driven and comfort driven it's actually just inconvenient to pray that's one of the reasons um, some people might say this you know I don't need corporate prayer because actually when I feel led to pray that's when I'm going to pray can I just say to you, friends that's the same as giving I don't tithe Because actually, you know, when I feel led to give, I will give. You know what? You never feel led to give. And the same is this. And especially for prayer. Prayer is a spiritual muscle that needs to be exercised. And how easy. Every single one of us know how easy it is not to pray. How to just get up in the morning and get on with life. And that carries on for weeks and months and years. And we've never actually given time to pray. Friends, that's one of the reasons. But I think the real... I think the real reason why corporate prayer and prayer in general has kind of waned in the Western church. I think it's this, and I feel like God showed me this. You know, it says in Acts chapter 6, verse 10 onwards, it says, Our wrestle is not with flesh and blood, but rather it says, verse 12, it says, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. And against the spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly realms. So, if, if it's not flesh and blood, but powers, principalities, authorities, and forces of darkness. That's our real wrestle. So the reason why I think the Western church has lost its thing for prayer. Is that it actually doesn't believe in a spiritual realm. It doesn't believe that a city gets changed from engaging heaven and bringing heaven to earth. It actually gets changed by social justice first. And it does get changed by social justice and all the rest of it. But friends, I want to say this. If our fight is not flesh and blood, but powers and principalities, how do we dispossess powers and principalities? You can't see them. You can't touch them. You don't know where they are, but you have faith and you know a God that does. So actually corporate prayer, particularly in a city context, particularly in a national context, and particularly in the nations called global context, it's the corporateness of our prayer together. It's not one person on their knees before God. It's a church. It's believers together, together, crying out to God and saying, God, will you come? Will you shape? Will you move? It's interesting. When Jesus teaches the disciples to pray, he doesn't teach them what to pray. He just teaches them how to pray. And what does he say to them? He says, this is how you must pray. Our Father who art in heaven. First of all, you bring glory and put him in his rightful place. Hallowed be your name. Holy and adored be your name. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will be done. You see, friends, actually what Jesus teaches us to do. The way we dispossess powers and principalities and shift in environment and shift in atmosphere in a in a in a in a city or a nation is for the church to pray. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. It doesn't have to address powers and principalities. It just says, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. That's how we pray, friends. Can I also say this because it's going to come up earlier? The the Lord's prayer, friends, was not some person or one person reciting it. It's our Father. Good. It's your kingdom, your will, all to God. But actually, then it's our daily bread. Lead us not into temptation. You notice the corporateness of that prayer. That prayer, friends, is meant to be prayed, and often it gets religious, religiousized, whatever that word is, where we now just repeat that thing and we say, if we can repeat so many. Our Father's, friends, he teaches us how to pray. He teaches us, Lord, engage, call out for my will to be done on earth. As it is in heaven. You see friends. It's in, the, it's in the spiritual realm. It's in the heavenly realm. That we have authority. And the way we exercise that. Is by our lifestyles. Of course yes. But friends. The way we exercise that. Is in prayer. If you look at. You go and look at the book of um, Ephesians. So it talks about. Our, 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 our It's not flesh and blood. It's, it's powers and principalities etc. In heavenly realms. That word heavenly realms, go and look back in Ephesians and see where it talks. Ephesians chapter 1 says this Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So we stand here as believers, as sons and daughters, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because of Jesus. So it means that we have authority in the heavenly realms. We have authority there. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20. they're talking about the power that raised Jesus from the dead is that power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exo- exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above every rule and authority and power and dominion and every title that can be given, not only in the present age but also in the one to come. You see, friends, that God has and then in verse chapter three, it says this, it is tent is that now that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God would be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. So you see this, God gives the church authority and, and blesses them in the heavenly realms over all these things. Because we're not fighting, friends, we are not fighting people. We are fighting principalities and powers that are enabling and empowering people. So as soon as you try to fight people, you're going to end up with some, a, a war you can't win that won't go anywhere. but as soon as you lay hold of God in prayer and exercise the authority that we have, and especially when we're doing it together, friends, it moves and it shifts something unbelievably profoundly. When it comes to powers and principalities, it's not a once-if moment, it's a growing weight of prayer. We want to see power of revival and the gospel running through our city in a, in a powerful way, Friends. But it comes by a growing and weighted shift in the spiritual atmosphere that gets created by believers exercising their right in prayer. Prayer is the power of agreement. There is power in agreement. And to agree, it means you need to be with more than one of you. So it says when they're talking about the discipline of people in 1 Corinthians, it says when two or three agree, there's power and things are established. When we are together in agreement, power is released. And when we are in agreement, there's something gets established on earth. His will, his kingdom comes to earth. It is an incredibly powerful thing. This is what I'm contending for. I believe, and I think it's no accident that we are coming back into the building, having an opportunity back into the building in prayer. Because friends, that is the thing. That is the thing. We, please do not hear me say Sunday mornings are not important. It's both and. It's always both and. But that one muscle is so much weaker than the other. And we are saying actually we want both and, not either or. It is absolutely key. Absolutely key. How is corporate prayer different to personal prayer? These are some practical things that I felt God give me. The first thing is this, is that when you have a corporate prayer meeting, you don't decide when it is. Friends, so much of our lives is dependent on when we decide, and we, we want, and we, friends, what it does is it puts a, 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 a discipline, it puts a, something in your diary to say, actually, I'm prioritizing what God wants for the city, and we're going to pray together. That's one, that's my first thing. Listen, as Christian said, this is going to leave a mark. It is going to leave a mark because, friends, I I believe this is so profound. We do not want to miss the moment in God that COVID has brought to actually release something of a spirit of prayer over our lives and over this church. And uh, I'm trusting that God is going to do something in our hearts that brings us to prayer in a profound way. Imagine, friends, if our prayer meetings are bigger than our Sunday meetings. To me, that's revival. That's revival. When our prayer meetings are bigger than our Sunday meetings. That's revival. That's my prayer. I'm saying, God, let our prayer meeting be the thing. Let it be. We've said the prayer meeting is not the engine. Some people have said oh, it's the engine. Is not the engine room, friends. The prayer meeting is the engine room of the church. That is the place where the believers get together and they yeah. fight on behalf of each other for something that is beyond them. So the first thing is this: is that our prayer? Putting it in the diary, a corporate prayer meeting, putting it in the diary, helps us into the discipline of prayer. We know we don't have to choose. At 5.30 on a Thursday, when we're back in the building, 7 o'clock now in line, there's a prayer meeting and we're going to participate. And I'm going to bring my yes and amen. And I'm going to bring my agreement because something's going to get established and something is going to be put in place. The second thing is this. There's something about showing up at a prayer meeting in a moment like that that shouts into the heavenly realms. Friends, just by being there, you're saying, I believe in something. And the unity of that and the commanded blessing that that thing brings shifts something in the heavenly realms. I'm not even saying the prayers we pray. I'm just saying just showing up does something. And I want to encourage us around this. There is, Friends, I have seen stuff done in corporate prayer meetings. I've seen barren women prayed over in a corporate prayer meeting within months conceiving. Gary and Andrew Phillips. I've seen people generous. We've had moments where we've taken up an offering in a prayer meeting and blessed widows. We, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen um, God speak to people to relocate to different nations in a corporate prayer meeting. I've seen, friends, I, this is now personally I've seen. I've seen healing in corporate prayer meetings. I've seen a lady come for prayer and for cancer. And three weeks later going to the doctor and getting her all clear because the cancer's not there. I've seen that in a corporate prayer meeting. I've seen marriages restored in corporate prayer meetings. I've seen God sending people. I've seen a considerable breakthrough in moments of giving ourselves to corporate prayer meetings. I've seen God us partnering with other churches around the world. It's incredible that we can pray in Durban and impact Australia, United States, Europe, Africa, different countries. Just by the faithfulness of a group of people saying we're going to give ourselves to agreement in what God is doing showing up shots into the heavenly realms number three the difference between a corporate prayer meeting and a personal prayer meeting is this a corporate prayer meeting is not directed to my feelings and needs it's not it's not directed to me it's actually not about me the reason why i come to a corporate prayer meeting is not about me it's not because i expect to get prayed for it's because i expect to pray and so what happens is is when our corporate prayer meeting just becomes, yeah, well, you know, what What am I getting out of it? You're not getting anything out of it. You're putting something into it because when God adds you to a church, you add to it. And what we're doing is we together are putting something into the atmosphere to shift something in Durban or the nations or whatever we're praying about. And sometimes we do pray for each other, but as God directs. But the point of it is, it's not about our needs and our feelings. A corporate prayer meeting. It's also not directed to my own emphasis we've all got an emphasis we prefer to pray for this or prefer to pray for that when you come into a corporate prayer meeting it's not about that it's about submitting to what god wants to do in that moment as a community ministers in prayer it's absolutely profound but you can see the humility of that the submitting to that what that does it releases something it readies our hearts so that we can pray in a in a very different posture It expresses unity and one-heartedness and one-mindedness. The commanded blessing that Psalm 133 does. As we together come and we pray together. It's prophetically guided by the exercise of the gifts amongst us. Like personal prayer isn't. So you might have an evangelistic gift. And when you pray personally, you say, Lord, we want to just see people saved. But now when you come into a corporate prayer meeting... There's a, there's a prophetic gift that starts to operate and starts to say, "I see this," and we start to track there, and we go there, and we pray for that. It's 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 a place where we where we participate with and we exercise the gifts. And so many, so often, friends, we want to exercise our gifts on a Sunday in a public meeting, but actually, God wants us to exercise it in a public meeting and a prayer meeting. Yeah. It's a powerful, powerful Good. moment. There is a togetherness and a spiritual weight, as I've said before. It's like. Poking with a finger or hitting with a fist. A corporate prayer meeting is hitting with a fist as opposed to trying to win a fight by poking with your finger. It helps us also into a reality of fellowship. Part of us being together in prayer, friends, it bonds us, it connects us. A praying, a praying team stays, what's it, a, a, a praying team staying is a stay, team stays together, is a rhyme that makes it happen. Team that prays together stays together. A church that prays together stays together. Thank you. That's why we have people here. It's gifts operating. Mission in the city and the nation starts with the togetherness of prayer, friends. It starts with prayer. What God births in prayer and what God takes on in prayer, friends, just is sustained by His power and His life as we continue to follow and track with Him. We will not transform a city or a nation or the nations without prayer. And friends, there's such a call, there's such a weighted expectation for revival. I want to say, that's not going to come by us each praying in our homes. It's going to come by us gathering together and saying, God, pour out heaven to earth. Kingdom come now. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done in Durban as it is in heaven. Your will be done through Glenridge and the people of Glenridge as it is in heaven. It comes in this togetherness. I trust that something's burning in your heart for corporate prayer, friends. Trust that it's burning for corporate corporate prayer. And I trust that as we come back next weekend in this rolling prayer scenario, which we're just trying to facilitate something in this unbelievably strange season that we're in, that we will come and we will just lay hold of God in these moments and trust Him for incredible breakthrough. Let's see what God wants to do through prayer. It's absolutely phenomenal. I hope this has blessed you. It might leave a mark, as Christian says. It might be tough to receive. But I want to say, actually, God is speaking to us in a profound way. Nick and Jan, what are we doing now?